smashing through the invisible enemy. You found it. The Japan What Podcast. With me, your co-host, Matt Bigelow. And I'm Tom Molesky. We give you the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective and zero insight. Zero insight guaranteed, my friends. Even less even less than usual nowadays. Yeah, because we got you on Skype because of the quarant the, the, the quote unquote quarantine. Yeah, so the quote unquote yeah. quarantine. Quote unquote. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I know even less than usual, which is shocking, really. I didn't, it, a new low. Yeah. Or the, a new high. For, yeah. The older I get, the stupider everything else is, including me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault, though. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Social yeah. Media, it's a, mm-hmm. I just it's blame a brave everything new- on social media. <laughs> I get all my news there. <laughs> I get no news from social media. Maybe Twitter. I I do. I, I have to admit. I, I take it with a grain of salt nowadays be, and consider the source. Um, in fact, I always uh, you know go back, to, uh, click on the link and check the source and then be like, okay, well, this is left-leaning, right-leaning, or complete you know, insanity. Um, but it's I, – I, I do tend to check a lot of those, uh, those news sources out. Um, from social media in general. I, I, I purposely follow and block a lot of people on Twitter. Like I, I oh, block, wow. I block Fox news. I block CNN. I block CBC. I don't use Twitter to gain access to mainstream. I use Twitter to gain access to people who are doing like cryptocurrency or, um, right. um, uh, special investigations or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I get no news from, uh, from Twitter. I, when I say social media, I mean, Facebook. I post a lot of news to Facebook just usually so that I can refer back to it, but also, I don't know, maybe I, I post there. So I hope that people will check out a, a different way of uh, looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. And which is why, I mean, I kind of, you consider the source and then the person also who is, um, reposting the link and, Take that all into account, but check out the news there. <laughs> well, speaking of news, we have wonderful music to listen to. Nice. I can't wait. All right. This first song is Adolescence by the Icon Girl Pistols.
That was Icon Girl Pistols with Adolescence. That's from their 2018 release of the same name, Adolescence. If you want to know more about this band, check them out at IconGirlPistols.com. Um, one word together. And um, you, they also have an independent label called uh, Goodbye Donuts. And uh, if you just write out Goodbye Donuts together, one word, dot com, you can check out uh the uh, all of Icon Girl Pistols, as well as a few other bands and a, kind of a few splinter groups that come off of Icon Girl Pistols. Um, you can find their works there as well. Icon Girl Pistols was actually one of the first bands that I um, invited and brought to Chiba um, to an event where uh, the, the crowd was very, they had the same rotation of bands pretty much for a monthly show. And um, it was kind of an eye-opening experience for both the audience and the band one it was a, a very new kind of fresh band that hadn't played there before so they were really receptive and icon girl pistols actually brought the house down and yep yeah um, I've, I've shared a lot of stages with them they always bring it the drummer is amazing yeah yeah exactly and um the other thing was icon girl pistols was really surprised because when people say oh come to chiba to play they kind of a lot of times kind of make a face and be like, Chiba, are you sure? What is there to go? But um, they played in Anga, which is uh, actually a very... I don't want to play in a stinky pile of garbage. A little bit, though. That, that that A lot, even bands nowadays, if I invite them, they're a lot like, really? Is it worth taking the trip out there? And But for the most part, people will say, yeah, it really is. So it was kind of uh, for both sides. We're like, oh, wait a minute. There's something here. There's actually a... There's a, uh, an audience that's actually really hungry for new music as well. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah they. Um, uh, it was a really one of the first, and it was like in 2000, I think, 13 or 14. That that. Um, and actually, they have never played since. <laughs> that was <laughs> we the one can, and only. Yeah, they always wanted to, but we could never get the schedule set. Uh, they, they everybody was always busy, so. Well. A one and done. Better than a yeah. one and none. Right. But we're all friendly and we still talk, so. That's good. Shinsuke's a good guy. Chris is a good guy. They're yeah. all They're good dudes, good musicians. And uh, that's the type of music that um, can be done in an acoustic setting as well as yeah. a rock setting. So they can do acoustic yeah. shows, sound still awesome. Um, yeah. And then they can switch back to electric and it still sounds great, which not every genre can do that without changing everything around too much. Right, or losing something on one of the sides. Boom, yeah. losing something yep. on one of the sides. Good. Uh, this next one is called Blind Lies by Red Bed Rock. Our friend's Red Bed Rock. <laughs>
And that was Blind Lies by Red Bed Rock. That's what happens when Metallica and Fish record music. I was going to say, that's a real kind of throwback, isn't it? To uh, maybe like a late 80s, uh, early 90s hard rock sound. Yeah, it is. A little bit metal. I really like that song, by the way. Me too. Um, I really like the musicianship that happened in the latter half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's nice. I'm going to look that song up and... Uh, I don't know if they're, are they on Bandcamp or are they on Oh, uh, like good Apple question. Music? I don't know. Just look up um, Red Bed Rock and yeah. uh, get all your Red Bed Rock needs there. They're on Facebook and all that jazz, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely find that. But yeah, if you're doing the like in, in-house calisthenics, I'd like to listen to music like that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And uh, it is throwback. I don't know yeah. why that type of music went away. Because for me, it's 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 just such a epic sound that doesn't. Yeah. It's it's nice and aggressive, but it's also in a way positive. It's yeah, it's yeah, not like a absolutely. huge like negative tool thing where I don't have to get really into a weird headspace to listen to some some uh, good musicianship by Tool or something like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, not even to like. You know, I like Tool too, but I, you know how it goes though. Music just uh, constantly. After maybe a few years of the same music being popular, it just naturally shifts. I mean, look what we have now compared to five years ago, you know? I don't even and know what we have now. I know, right. It's a, <laughs> Actually, that's something I, I probably want to discuss a little bit later, but... Um, yeah, this is going to um, be a, in um, any case, I really a indie like music-intensive episode of the Japan What podcast. Much to your chagrin or uh, joy, I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, cool. So, um, outside of uh, putting out, you know, finding good music, what else have you been up to in the last week? Um, well, uh, nothing much, dude. Just working <laughs> out at home. Um, that's about it. It's oh, I started a new podcast. Yeah, I was going to ask, how's that going? It's good. It's the um, the the Tokyo Artificial Intelligence podcast with Matt Bigelow, and Great. for the time being, I'm just yeah. just to give myself a schedule while I'm unemployed and looking for work. Sure. Um, this will be a way for me to keep up to date with artificial intelligence trends and mm-hmm. uh, put together a um, uh, a record of keeping up with what's going on in the AI industry and. A lot of AI podcasts are done by engineers and theoreticians. I'm yep. more of a journalist, and I'm thinking of how this works in people's hands. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be this guy who talks about uh, artificial intelligence with um, a Terminator, which is like a, a weird way to do it for me. Or I'm not going to yeah. be this guy who's going to be talking in terms of theoretical physics and cloud packet mm-hmm. delivery systems. It's, it's going to be, how does this work in your hands? And that's that's why I want to take the Tokyo Artificial Intelligence podcast. And so mm-hmm. for the time being, I'm yeah. just push, pro- profiling three different types of X, Y, or Z per episode. It could be a product. It could be a, mm-hmm. a research. Um, it could be uh, even some people and things like that. And maybe eventually get into some interviews, but that's, yeah. So I started yeah. a new podcast. How about you? Oh, so you're basically putting them, everything more into layman's terms. Yeah, yeah. But without the okay. condescension, without like the, I am <laughs> the journalist delivering to you the information you don't understand, you know? Well, so. I was going to listen, but now never mind. <laughs> right. Oh, I don't want to. I want to be talked down to. I'm scum. I'm useless scum. Now you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I, uh, let's see, cooking a lot more, um, trying to find, uh, I've been researching Gordon Ramsay and trying to make the perfect scrambled egg, uh, outside of that. Um, I went down to T's lounge one time. I'm, I've been going there just to kind of show support when, uh, they open and like order a takeout beer. So I figure kind of minimize exposure, but still financially support, but nobody showed up there for a while. So I just started like making a playlist of, of music and, and hanging out for a little bit. And, um, I started working on a, a playlist for when everything reopens to have another event, kind of, a maybe, a jazzy, funky R and B or something like that playlist. Um, and that took me to my next step, which was going into all of my old CDs. I have about 200 here and there that I was like, oh, I got to get rid of these. I'm not lugging these around anymore. And I can get CDs everything are the on. worst. They kind of, they, they are and they aren't. I mean, it's nice to have a few. Just, you know, nowadays it's just memorabilia. But, but yeah, they, they add up and the weight adds up really quickly. And the cases break and they get grimy. It's That's not, true. It's not like a record, like an old yeah. record looks cool. Yeah, an old yeah, that's CD true. Yeah. looks like you know garbage. Well, it was a step up from a cassette, which was a step up from an eight track. Oh yeah, I, I had a huge CD collection as well. But yeah, something went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's when you could get fifty of them for like fifty blank CDs from the electronic shop for nine ninety nine, and then yeah. and then everybody just had garbage CDs everywhere, and then the valuation of the the actual CD itself became something that you yeah. could just get for free and it, it's not like a record collection you know where nobody yeah, yeah. nobody was printing records for each other and, and things like that yeah maybe that's it actually like the way we totally view records in a different class as we do cds you um we we learn to treasure the sound all the imperfections in a recording uh, on a record um broadcast as opposed to a cd yep Interesting. You've given me pause. <laughs> like a puppy. Yeah. Pause, pause like a puppy. Oh, yes. oh, okay. I went with it and I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> yes, P-A-W-S. Got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're all thumbs over here. <laughs> well, um, it's like so nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> I came across some other news that kind of um surprised and bummed me out a little bit um a place we both know gamuso is closing yep gamuso the legendary gamuso yeah uh the cbgbs of asagaya basically yeah there was um it has a long history i i've been there a lot i've put on a lot yeah. of shows there i used to do an open mic there for a couple of years it was one of the biggest uh, events that they put there on, like you know, the weekday schedule. And uh, uh, big, big friends with Pee Wee, and I played tons of music with Miho, who was the bartender event organizer there, who was in Dead Sea Dropouts. Killer, yeah, the killer accordion player, yep. the metal accordion, player. metal accordion, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. done. It's over. Yeah, Thanks, I have Gamaso. See you next time. Not yeah, I uh, helped at least bring bands in for shows or, and one time, uh, was like a co-organizer with, uh, was it Andrew Tyrone Rogers, um, for a show. I think it was, uh, Iro, 
was it Iroiro? Yeah, that's the one. And um, uh, with, uh, who was it? Um, well, Harp and Soul was one. I can't remember the other ones. Uh, it was a while ago, but uh, I, I didn't make it out there because it was a couple hours away from where I live, but I, I actually really liked going there and hanging out and drinking with everyone. I it was a classic. 20-minute walk away from there. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of like me and T's Lounge, actually. So, Similar. yeah. Uh, it's always nice to have that kind of music venue to go drinking at within walking distance so you can miss the last train. Stumbling distance home. Yep, stumbling distance home for sure. So it's closed. So yeah. this is um during the the Rona, the Rona yeah. pandemic of 2020. Well, uh, was the Rona the last straw or was it was that kind of looming in the horizon? I think well? it was looming definitely, uh but we can just like how a lot of older people who have supplementary health conditions are being classified as um killed by the coronavirus. We're going to do the same thing with Gamaso. Uh. <laughs> so even Fair though Gamaso was on the way out, it's still a victim yeah. of the coronavirus. Yeah, we can. I'll give it that. Sure, why sure. not? Yeah, we're doctors. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. What What else then? What else came played as a, a factor in this? I think uh, people people are getting old. Yeah, we're, we're an I mean, aging society. Not a lot of people are having kids. And the kids that are kids, I think, are playing on their phones. And um, in many ways, these kinds of uh, shows and events, they were really big. Uh, like, I remember going to Gamaso pretty frequently about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It was yeah, yeah. packed. Yeah. Packed. That's a lot like toppers, like actually. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 people there. The, the, and then by the time, like, we can go back one year, three yeah. or four people. Right, right, yeah. I guess you're, yeah, you're, what you're saying is, uh, you know, I guess how long can you just be a, a hobby live music listener? Especially in Tokyo, there's a lot of yeah. competition for your time. And if you're thinking about Saturday from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m., there's a lot yeah. you can do in this town. That's a time commitment, too. Yeah. I, I, I think also it's just like as soon as one other, commitment comes into the picture like maybe family or something i'd say going to a live house is probably the first one to go yep family comes in and then also uh how many times do you need to see a band exactly yeah i remember, I well, remember th committing to be like i'm gonna go see this band and then they would play again i'm like i'm gonna go see them and then after three or four times i'm like i've, I've i know this this is the same it's like going to see a, a comedian's act three or four times eventually you kind of Music's a bit different because you, you want to sing the song songs, but then after a while you kind of think like, actually, this band is good live, but now that I'm yeah, listening right. to their songs more and more, I'm not sure how much I actually yeah. like the songs. That's true too, yeah. And and that is an example of one of a good like either bar or club band. And what is the ratio of actually how many bands do you have to go through before you can find a band like that that you like? Because the ratio probably isn't of good to bad like bar bands is is pretty low i imagine oh that's another point yeah you go yeah. and see three or four uh, a show and there's five bands and two of them suck yeah 
Uh, like, I mean, there might be good musicians, but they're just not good songwriters, or it's super cliched, or they play a lot one, of covers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember yeah. about 12 years ago, before smartphones and Netflix and all of these things, Back foreigners in living in Japan were really limited with the type of um, entertainment that was tailored and catered to them. Yeah, and I remember going to the uh, what the Dickens, the Ebisu Live House um, mm -hmm. jam yeah. that Kinley, Andy Kinley from Kinley Band, Kinley was Band, yeah, and um, it used to be really big, but mm, I remember yeah. you know five or six years ago going there and, and doing some songs, playing drumming, and people like that. Some people are doing Beatles covers. You can yeah, watch yeah. Beatles covers, the originals, on your phone. Yeah. On, right. on YouTube. And I remember leaving um, after doing a jam and a guy was also leaving who was there playing music. And mm -hmm. he, he looked at me and he's like, I just played music for 10 minutes, but I yeah, could yeah. have been watching Netflix at home. Oh, wow. Really? So it, it went from a, a, a space that w was tailored to your needs and there was very few other things you could do mm -hmm. as a foreigner yeah. living in Japan to having a plethora mm -hmm. of activities you could access through mobile network on your phone. So for me, the reason why Gamaso is closing and why all of these live shows aren't as big as they used to be is the <laughs> same reason why Vaudeville disappeared. Oh, yeah. If you think oh, about interesting. Vaudeville, it has a whole bunch of... It's really complex. It's really difficult. You have to flip and trip and be comedians and go backstage and change your dress. And everybody is there. Everybody is laughing. The crowds love it. And then yeah, TV yeah. comes along. Yeah. What yeah. happened to vaudeville then? So for me, it's 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 a it's a technology that's being replaced. Yeah, yeah, it's in some ways just a natural evolution. I mean, and I also think in general the decline of the popularity of rock music has something to do with it. Also, where more people are going to see a show because it's it's actually they it's more like almost a theatrical production more than just a concert. Yep. Like the popular music nowadays, the, um, uh, the visual elements of it when, um, used to be just a musician playing the instrument that used to be in interesting enough, but I think in general, musicians are just being taken more for granted because of production and you can, almost anyone can produce a backing track. Yeah. So now you're just focusing on the singer and that singer has to, you know, go through, you know, uh, either a dance choreography or really colorful costumes or lighting or some sort of act as well. It used to be you would just focus on the performance of the musicians with the singer. Mm -hmm. I think that has something. And then, you know, who has the funds for that? If you're a little bar, you know, with no space. Are you going to get like a $50 projector? Yeah, right. Exactly. With like a loud fan noise. Yeah, <laughs> a smoke machine, which is just a guy who chain smokes in the background. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the production aspect. And a lot of people are, are now moving onto YouTube and things like that. Are, are, yeah. uh, they're, they, they put together like um, their, their university training and they put it onto YouTube. So yeah, yeah. There, there's also a glut of overly trained musicians and there's a, 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 so many different ways that you can access them. Uh, so for yeah. the, the listener, it's, it's for free, it's on their phone, and they don't have to go anywhere to access it. So yeah. the uh, idea that I have to go somewhere 
to Ooh. get something that's um, tailored for my entertainment needs has been totally shifted. There's a there's a new digital pipeline that's only getting better and better, and more and more people are accessing it. And that means places like Gamaso and places mm-hmm. like Anga, a lot of the live houses are going to go belly up, just like vaudeville. What happened to vaudeville? <laughs> well, fingers crossed on Anga. Um, you know, that's a uh, good point. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you don't mind, if I segue into uh, um, another topic, uh, actually, our, our good friend Mickey Acorn and um, the Slow Wolves Club and a few other people have, have actually put together a label in Chiba called Sen City Records, and um, they've just uh, issued a uh, compilation album. And this album is actually to support uh, Live House Anga in the current times. So um, if you buy that, 100% of the proceeds goes directly to Live House Anga. They call it the Heart of Chiba. That's the name of the album. And it's a compilation of um, 19 artists um, that performed live at Anga, was recorded, and um, was put on this album. It's actually uh, available for download on Bandcamp. It's... uh, if you want to check it out, it's uh, Sen City, S E N C I T Y dot, or was it Sen City? Excuse me. Let me double check this. I think Sen City Records, excuse me. No, Sen City dot bandcamp dot com, excuse me. Um, if you go there, Sen City dot bandcamp dot com, you can find this album and it's, it's just a thousand yen, but it, it supports a good cause. Um, I'm going to play a news clip that's directly related to um, this idea. All right, let's hear it. This classical concert at a venue near Tokyo has no live audience. But plenty of people are watching its live stream. They don't need to pay an upfront fee to watch. Viewers make donations during the performance using a points-based system. One point equals one yen. This indie outfit performs from a studio. The band has joined an app that allows viewers to make direct payments. The show earned them about $20, way less than they would have received at a regular gig. So that's another idea of, of mm-hmm. people um, trying to fundraise. So uh, mm. um, the apps that they were using, the orchestra yeah. was using a one called um, Nico 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 Doga, and that's oh, okay. a donation pay. And then the indie band was using a, an app or a, a platform called Showroom, and you Showroom. can donate okay. money by um, swinging some by tapping on some buttons and things like that. Now you were talking mm-hmm. about Anga, yeah, yes, and how these places are going out of business, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And I have an idea of two camps. Okay. So there's going to be two different approaches to how this goes, in my opinion. There's mm-hmm. going to be the um, live houses that have uh, close connections with um, bands, and there's going to mm-hmm. be the live houses that only rent space to bands. Oh, okay. So if you are a live house and you have a tight connection with a few bands with some following, I don't know if that's possible, then maybe those people will come to your help. Um, Cyber Japan Dancers, which is like a, a cute girl dance group, 
Yeah, yeah. They are also trying to host some fundraisers for e- event spaces that they use that draws a big crowd, and they want to continue okay. to use that space to generate money. Mm. Um, but for example, uh, I've been in some bands. Yeah, sure. And the some other and many people have been in bands, and the bands don't make money, and the band breaks up. Right. Yeah. But how many live houses have said to those bands, "Don't break up. We will help you." Oh, it's <laughs> so. Why should bands, unless they have a close relationship with the live house, yeah. give a shit? Um, because if I'll it's say, just a space yeah. that's being used as a rental space, well, that rental space is gone, and there's going to be other rental spaces, and the bands can now turn their um, uh, rehearsal spaces into financial channels through those apps that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as anger is concerned i think it actually is in some ways of uh where the musician community especially both foreign and japanese in chiba actually congregate and they've given a lot of opportunities to many bands both to um, perform in a very very nice venue as well as organize their own shows and and not have to pay anything up front Usually, yeah. So there's a there's a reason for the musicians yeah. to um, want that place to exist. But a right. lot of the live houses that I've been to, just once or twice, or put on shows at that are like, yeah. Oh, you want to have a show here? Well, it costs this much, and you have to do right. all of the promotion, and you have to yeah. do you have to sell all of the tickets. We're just gonna yeah. have somebody on sound and a person at the bar, and that's basically right. what you're paying for. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a it's it's called a business contract, not a friends contract. And if that's True. their business model and I'm just being used as a renter, renters don't have a lot of commitment. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I agree with that. And this is um it's gonna be interesting how everything kind of washes out afterwards. Um it may, you know, the ones that are kind to performers or have a strong bond with that that musical community, those may be the only ones that end up surviving. And the uh, musicians will also be tempted to access, to follow where the people are going. And if people are going on their phones, bands are going to go on their phones too. So oh, yeah. Just, uh, I'm, I'm really viewing it like vaudeville. I had that vision a few years ago. I'm like, what happened to vaudeville? I look at these old vaudeville videos and these people are really hard workers, super talented, very yeah. funny. But they, they got, the people went away. So that's the market interface, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great comparison. In fact, um, I also, another good analogy for that is a lot of people don't really appreciate it until it's been long gone. Mm, indeed. You know, and then they kind of go, what happened? And then it's like, yeah. oh, you've been looking at your phone for 10 years. <laughs> that's what happens. Right. Yeah. They're going to go after 10 years, they're going to see a, a vaudeville show or something like that and be like, oh, wow, this is an amazing experience. Why haven't I done this more often? So, you know? Tom, we've been talking about the Tokyo scene. Why yeah. don't we talk to Joey Papa about what's going on in New York and 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 and, and New Jersey? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Joey Papa, thank you for coming onto the show. How's it going? Welcome. It's, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh it's been a wild week for me. Um yeah, before getting into your week, can you just give us a self-introduction? I think you are based in New Jersey and you're a producer? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, about 30 minutes outside of New York um, in, in New Jersey. 
Um, I've been producing bands for, I don't I actually don't, I lost track. I'm at that point now where I don't know how many years I've been doing this. Um, I mainly, I mainly mix, uh, and record. Um, and I guess, you know, producing ends up falling under both of those things. Uh, but yeah, I work with a lot of bands, local bands. Any big ones? Any big ones? Um, I have worked with people who have played with big bands, but I haven't worked with the big bands themselves. Um, I've engineered some sessions with, uh, with guys from Bon Jovi. <laughs> nice. And, um, and I worked with, do you remember, um, uh, who was the guy who had the, I don't even remember his name. Who was the guy who had the hit, baby, you, you got what I need. Who was oh, that dude? Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So the, the, like hip hop, Biz Marquee? Yeah, Biz Marquee. I worked. Oh my with, god, really? I, well, no, I didn't. So now, so this is where I get to pull it back. I didn't yeah, work yeah. with Biz Marquee. I worked with his producer, who produced that song, actually. Okay. But yeah, so I, I've worked with like I've worked with people like that, you know, uh, maybe two degrees away from from fame. But oh, nice. Yeah, yeah um, a lot of talented people, though. You know, I get I'm I'm lucky for for what I do. You're riding the coattails in somebody's shadow of a shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just working my way through all the shadows. It's good. Awesome. And you, maybe you one produce, day I'll, you produce some songs by Koji and Dogs, right? Yeah. yeah well, so and Koji I, and Dogs I, is a Tokyo grunge act, and I think that's how we're connecting here. Right. Exactly. Um, I I probably found the it was like the Tokyo Gaijin Music Group or something. I probably found that through him. Um, I met him a few years ago in a bar in uh, Toshimaku and, uh, yeah, we, we kind of just hit it off and we stayed friends. And when I went back to Japan for the second time, I actually got to see his band. And, uh, after that, we started talking about doing some music. I actually mixed something for his drummer, Nobo. Um, I mixed a, a, a song that his band did, uh, Concursus. But I, I never actually produced or mixed dogs, but I did do a remix for one of their tracks. I think they actually had the the song that I remixed was mixed by Jack and Dino, who did the first Nirvana record. Oh wow. That's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, so how you going back to Tom's question, how, what's the uh what's the situation like in New York and, and New Jersey right now with the Rona? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's pretty whacked out. Um, it's it's hard to discern what's actually happening. Um, every day, uh, somebody's posting about some new thing that's been found out about the virus, and it does this, and it's mutated, and you know, if you get it, it's like herpes. You're gonna it's gonna come back once a year. It's like every you know every day somebody's telling you something new and insane about it, uh, and you know, obviously the media is doing nothing but scaring people constantly. So there's that. I don't, um, I, I don't wipe my balls on viruses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's it affected work? So me, I'm, I'm in a weird position because uh, ha like half of my income is based on people actually coming into the studio. Right. Yeah. So, I'm lucky that I can still work remotely. I've had some people send in tracks that I've mixed. I just mastered a project for 
a local guy and he's working, thankfully. So yeah. if, if people have been able to keep their jobs, then they're at least, they have the money to, you know, spend on mixing and mastering and stuff like that. But it's definitely slowed down a lot. Um, I would, I would be working with anywhere between six to eight projects at a time and I'm down to about three. So wow. it's, and th- and it's those, rough. Those are professional projects, right? Where people are paying you to do stuff. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know if I'm getting paid professional money, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> these are, yeah, they're all paid gigs. I mean, you know, depending on what it is, it pays more than the other thing, but um, yeah, it's, it's slowed down for sure. Mm. Is the economy there, um, I mean, like the music economy, do people expect to get paid? Because in Tokyo, most people just do it for free and give up thinking about money after a while, for the most part. It depends on where you're at. Um, if, you're like within, if you're within the first two years of being a band, uh, you're definitely not expecting money at all. Um, once you... It's very easy to to realize what your worth is. Um, I think most bands can see that if they're drawing between 40, 50 people, there's no reason why you shouldn't be walking away with two or 300 bucks from the gig. Um, and if you're not doing that, then you're just a horrible business person and you either need to hire somebody to help you or rethink your career if this is what you're choosing to do. Um, it's... Yeah, I, I think I think it's easier to get paid here probably, um, but it depends on what your level is. It depends on the place you're playing a lot too. We used to play a place uh, not too far from my hometown that they had a great deal. If you brought 40 people, so you kept what you made at the door, which was $10 a head, and then if you brought 40 people, they gave you an additional $350 on top of that. Wow. And yeah, that was that a was lot a lot different than Tokyo then. <laughs> yeah, that was I mean, now that was kind of like uh that's a little unheard of, but it's not uncommon to find a place where you can keep what you make at the door, which is usually 10 bucks a head or whatever you decide to charge. Mm-hmm. Um, because they make their money from the bar. So you can usually work that deal out with people. Um but it depends. You know, you have to you have to communicate that with the owner. A lot of a lot of people are just bad negotiators. Um, nobody wants to actually like say, "No, I'm worth this, and I know I can bring this many people." Because a lot of people can't bring that many people. But if you are actually confident that you can bring 30, 40 people into a venue, then you have some some power there. Hmm. Um, actually, going off a little bit on back to the original <coughs> topic. Um, you said you've come down to uh, Japan a few times. Uh, how often do you make it down here? Well, I've been—I've only been there twice. The first time was for two weeks, and I was only in Tokyo. And oh, okay. The second—the second time I was there for a month uh, well, in Japan. Uh, what was your impression of the music scene here? It's hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. In—in um, I—I think. I think uh, I think local music was a little hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, when the second time I went, I saw a band called Glim Spanky. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. Um, they're uh, no. a rock band. They're a rock band. They're pretty cool. Female fronted. Uh, she's got a killer voice. The the girl who fronts that group. 
um, they're pretty, they're pretty big band. Uh, and I saw them in Nagoya and I was blown away by how timid the crowd was. <laughs> I, I could not, I mean, yeah. in between, in between songs, you could hear a pin drop in this place. It was insane. Yeah, I no, could one's hear getting, her. no one's going to grab a beer or no one's talking about that solo or anything like that, right? No, no. It was, I mean, in between songs, I literally could hear, you know, she would flick on her tuner. I could hear the strings of her guitar. That's how, I mean, this was like a 2000 size venue, 2000 person size venue. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I could, I mean, it was dead sound and nobody took out their phones, which was very strange because I was about to. And then I realized nobody was doing it. I was like, all right, <laughs> maybe uh, I don't want to get stared at or tapped on the shoulder. So I guess I, I won't, I won't bust out the phone. A friend of mine went to see, this is a long time ago, but he went to see a really famous hardcore band from America that was, that was playing in an underground club in, in Tokyo. And you don't remember the name, do you? No, no, no. But okay. basically... Um, he was going to mosh. He wanted to throw his head around and scream. <laughs> and everybody was just standing like chopsticks and looking yeah. at the band. And he got angry and started jumping around and smashing into everybody. And wow. he felt like a total loser after. But he, Yeah, he really I'm sure didn't they didn't know how to handle that. No, he didn't know what to do either, you know. Yeah, it was that that was an interesting experience. Um, but I did I did get to catch a local show. Uh, when I was the last time I was in Tokyo, and I, I saw Koji's band, and the other bands, it, it was it was interesting. I was in Shibuya. I don't remember the name of the place, but um, it was it was pretty small. Um, Ruby but he Room? went on. Ah, oh, man, you know he he might remember. Okay, Koji would remember. Whatever. Um, but but yeah, it's it, there was there was a really cool um, like funk jazz hip hop group thing i think that's starting to become kind of popular there yeah. like these these like sort of hip-hop but they do a lot of you know jazzy chords um there was one of those types of bands and then there was an all white guy like punk band and they weren't very good but um i just thought that was interesting but like people were really into it and you know music subjective whatever but uh, yeah, I thought that was just interesting. It was just like a, this, these, all of these all white guys showing up in, in Shibuya playing music. But oh. I guess maybe that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm an outsider, so maybe that's more common than I realize in the music scene there. <laughs> that's been Actually, my life Koji for the circles. past 10 years. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, the, a lot of the shows that uh, Koji plays in are, are like that, with uh, a lot of foreign bands also playing, I think. Yeah, it's, he speaks like perfect English. That must yeah. have something to do with it. <laughs> and he, well, he likes, you know, I know he likes uh, punk and rock and stuff like that. So, you know, he probably knows those guys. Maybe I'm now I'm talking trash on him. And I don't know yeah. if they're going to hear this. So, so why do you hate Koji? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Koji, man. He's, he, was, he was such a kid. The first night I met him, I was drunk, so I don't really remember it that well. But we actually got to hang out. Actually, he got me the tickets for that concert that I went to in Nagoya because I couldn't buy them and I PayPal'd him money and then he bought them at like the 7-Eleven or however tickets work in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, uh, I was just curious what your impression was because in, in Tokyo, there's, there's literally hundreds if not thousands of live houses. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, Man. but I guess I you just... 
point me in the right direction, man. When I come back, I would okay. love to catch more shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we were actually, right before we uh, called you for this interview, we're talking about different ways of fundraising. And um, uh, there's a couple different ways. Uh, some local musicians we know are putting a, together like a, an album, actually, and all the proceeds are going to support um, one of their favorite uh, places to play. In, um, in New Jersey, have you seen anything like that as far as ways to keep uh, like music venues open or ways for bands to support themselves a lot more people are trying to venues no they're oh, fucked yeah. <laughs> can i say that yeah, yeah sure I could, I could say the f word right okay um yeah venues are i i have no idea how they're going to recover i mean depending on how the government decides to help businesses we'll see um but yeah local musicians have uh, have been silent in that area in terms of helping themselves. Um, a lot of I've seen a lot of people trying to figure out the live stream game. Um, right. Yeah. You know how that how they can get on Twitch. It was funny. I was at a music conference um, maybe two weeks before the quarantine happened, mm -hmm. yeah. and there was this woman there talking about how important Twitch was going to be for musicians, and she was saying, you know, it's not very saturated right now. There's not many people on it because most, most people are on it for gaming, but the actual music community is only, it has about 500 active users. This was two weeks before quarantine. I don't know what the numbers have jumped up to, but it's like, there's probably like 5,000 DJs on there right now. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I mean, you could just scroll through it and DJ after DJ. And so I think that's one way people are trying to still stay afloat. Um, Twitch that, that has the video game music is some of the best music out there. So if you're an acoustic musician on Twitch, not only are you competing against, you know, 8K graphics and lots of <laughs> violence, the the music is also really active. I wonder how much of a competitive edge musicians can have on a platform like Twitch. Well, I think it's going to be a totally different market. I I think the the music people will go on for, for music, the gamer people will keep, continue watching the gamer people. There might be some, there could be a crossover where I'm sure there's plenty of streamers that do games that are also musicians, and they're like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll start playing my guitar in front of the camera and uh, and and grow my audience that way. I could see that happening, but I I think the I think what will happen is that they're going to be very divided. Um, a lot of people will go on there specifically just for music, um, but we'll see. I mean, it, it depends. This is this has thrown a wrench in the whole thing. I was going on there doing uh, live streaming for mixing, and oh, okay. and because uh, I was I was broadcasting my my DAW that way, and and about a week into it, I kind of just gave up because it was just so saturated. Um, it's, you know, it's, it would, it would be, and especially now it's just such a weird time. So many people are getting on there, uh, you know, for concerts and, and stuff like that. Um, how is there an advantage with Twitch as compared to something just like live streaming on Facebook? You can get money directly. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <you> go. <laughs> so, yeah. Big, big advantage. Um, people can donate if you're affiliated as a partner when people, which isn't very hard to do. Um, people can subscribe and then you get a certain amount of money per subscription. 
Um, and then on top of that, they can uh, just donate money to you right through the, the platform. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, there's definitely, again, right now it's, it's weird cause it's like, it's overly saturated because of what's going on. I mean, everybody who's a musician is on there <laughs> for the most part or trying to live stream in some other way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, I suppose if it's, um, you know, a, a band and their fans are clamoring for a show, that would be the best way to do it, you know, because the fan base is already there. Yeah, definitely. Twitch would be a great way. If if you're going to do that, though, figure out how to mic everything up. Right, yeah. Because cause if you just have, like, a condenser mic in the room and you got one, one microphone to get everything, then, you know, you better be from the, the rockabilly days or something. When And, you know, you, 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 you have to know how to position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to know where to put everybody in the room then because... Uh, it's it's not going to sound too great, but it's it's not too hard if you have uh, you have an interface and and you have OBS and and you have a decent computer you can you can run everything through it and and get pretty good sound quality. Uh, sorry, OBS. I, I'm a layman. I, I don't know much about. Actually. Yeah, so OBS. I think it stands for online broadcasting software. Oh, I got or, it. Yeah. Yeah, some something like that. But it's but it's a it's an app that you could download that basically. Uh, it's it's screencasts, so okay. it takes your whatever's on your screen. Um, you need like a secondary audio plug-in thing for your computer, a driver that will also send the audio through it too. Okay, I'm just scrolling yeah. on Twitch right now, and most of the um, yeah, there's a lot of people in front of a condenser mic with like a ukulele. Looks like a feminist <laughs> with pink hair. There's another kind of Asian chick doing acoustic covers and just chatting. Yeah. That's not the way I see. Like you got to have like a performance, you know. Like the you can't just sit in front of your webcam and expect people to get into it, you know. Well, I think I think once this thing dies down, it will be used a little differently. Because yeah, like right now, it's just ukulele feminist girls and DJs. I mean, that's pretty mm. much what I've been seeing on there. Barfarama. <laughs> What's that? Barfarama. Oh, Barfarama. <laughs> I'm so, I couldn't get past your Canadian accent on that one. Sorry. <laughs> Barfarama. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it it'll it'll change. I mean, it's a growing platform for music. Uh, it's in in terms of gaming, it's it's pretty established. But uh, it'll it'll be it'll be really interesting to see if another website comes up and starts doing this specifically for music. Um, that would be interesting. And hopefully we don't stay in this hole long enough for one to exist. Yeah, who knows, dude. It's, uh, I had some ideas of using um, blockchain technology where, where people would be able to sell their music through a, an app that you would pay a certain amount of money into every, every month, uh, like a subscription fee. And uh, the the bands that get the most plays would then get some sort of reward based on you know, blockchain technology. Interesting. Yeah, figure it out, man. How do we get paid? I don't know. Yeah, you could be a pioneer because <laughs> it has to be contained in a system with a with a motivation to return on the investment, right? Because I can go onto YouTube and watch everything for free, but if there's a certain group of people and musicians that I think are really good and they're going to be providing me with high quality audio experiences once a week or something like that, um, if 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 enough people join that platform and pay a monthly fee of $5 to $10 a month 
and then have a distribution to other musicians that then join that platform and 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 take up some of the market share it would create a cyclical um, monetary uh, pattern that would then focus musicians and fans of music into one space yeah, wow. that sounds fantastic. So, so get how to do work. you keep? Yeah, yeah, get to work. <laughs> how how do you? So, is the music exclusive? Like, so if you're you're paying for this and then you're downloading it, you're downloading a file. It would it would be similar to, um, like a, an app, and then the musicians would be on the app. Oh, okay. And then if you have good musicians and good audio quality, um, with you know some sort of name associated with it, then people would go and find that. And then, yeah. and then if, if people find it and like it, and that goes to the top, then the algorithm would cycle that song a certain amount within a community that's looking for that type of music. All right, man. Yeah, get the patent. Start figuring it out. Yeah, it could work. And it would be kind of a niche market. I've, I view a lot of this stuff um, as, as very niche, niche or niche oriented. Um, I, I'm not sure how, how much of a how much of a massive um, music industry that, that proliferates everywhere, like Tower Records did in the 90s and the thousands that we're going to see. But if you, well, can, if you can get some people with a name and in an app with a monetary system built into that app and get people sucked into that app, then, then they are contained within that one system and then they will come back for that unique contribution from that system. Yeah. So yeah, have- I mean, if you could... If you could figure out how to get musicians paid, I think they'll at least flock to it. It might <laughs> to, be a first to start in history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was actually curious. You guys are yeah. both musicians? Yeah, I'm a musician. Uh, I sing as a hobby, but no, I'm not a musician. Okay, well, I mean, you go, you go to shows and you, you hang out with musicians. Yeah, I'm, yeah, a, musician, I'm, a, I'm a super nerd, but yeah. Okay. I, I was curious. I wanted to ask you guys, Do you are, are you aware of how the... Um, the licensing works in Japan. Like if you have, if you have a song, like how does publishing work? I don't are, know. are you guys, are you guys aren't hip to that? Yeah. It's, I, I'm curious cause my, my band just got involved with a publisher here mm-hmm. and, and I was talking to, there's a, there's a guy that I work with that handles a lot of like my, my internal contracts with my bands and, and, and stuff that I, that I do with, uh, you know, mixing and stuff like that. But he, he has a publishing company and I was asking him like, well, what happens if I work with somebody from Japan? And he goes, eh, it's usually, that's when lawyers would get involved. And he goes, just try not to get into a situation where you're going to get screwed over at some point. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's like bizarrely ominous, you know, like don't work with somebody from another country because, you know, like if there's actually money to be made, you might not be credited or, or uh, paid out the way that you would figure you would. It's a very closed system. I, it's I, very ambiguous. I yeah. worked with uh, some people that used to be signed to a Sony al- record label. Uh, I, he recorded some music with me. And he was a, in a band called uh, Doping Panda. And they were pretty popular for a while. And some of their videos on YouTube through Sony had three or 400,000 views. Um, and he was a professional bassist that went around the world with this band, with this label playing it. Um, and a few years ago, all of their music was on YouTube and these are professional YouTube videos, but after the band was, you know, not long, no longer signed to the contract, the, the publishers yanked their videos, even though they were, you know, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on making. Wow. Them. So there's a huge shadowy 
industry in Japan that's associated with the entertainment industry, and they're very closed and they're not open to how things work. I think in general, also, uh, um, America's very um, low context. Everything is written out dis- um, distinctly, but it's all about in Japan about reading the air. It's all very contextual. Um, so n- nobody is saying anything directly, but you're just kind of uh, supposed to know what people's <laughs> intentions are. That's just society and business in general here, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed no one uh, no one prefaces a sentence with the word I. Yeah, <laughs> you, have to, you have to assume you know what they're talking about. So I guess it, it bleeds deeper into society. Yeah, so I mean, it's not a litigious society the way the States is. So because because of that, like you, you, the States, it's always like, well, it wasn't in the contract. It wasn't, I mean, there's right. a, kind of the assumption that there's things that are included that are not part of the contract. Wow. Oh my God. It sounds like a nightmare to be a, to be like a professional musician there. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people make much money. <laughs> I, I know one guy that plays with a lot of big acts. He's a drummer and he's always in the pit. <laughs> So, so the the proverbial pit, the physical the, pit, the, the, the music pit. Like he's not he's he's doing a lot of the work, but he's not being acknowledged. Right. So right. that's a, that's a big thing in 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 Japan as well. That most Japanese people want to see Japanese people playing music um, from Japan. They're not really interested in a lot of foreigners in Japan playing music for Japanese people. But if a huge wow. band comes from another country, that's going to yeah. have a huge draw. Uh, right. It's just what it is. And there might be some some Japanese people who want to see local foreign acts, but basically, for the most part, it doesn't enter into their um, decision-making that they're going to go see foreign musicians uh, and their time off. Wow. Yeah, that's it's it's got, yeah, it's, it sounds like a very, very different system than oh, here. Yeah. Sure. Have you guys have you guys ever heard of the the Japanese bonus track? No. Do you know about this? No, no, no. So, no, not at all. <laughs> so, um, I'm 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 a nerd when it comes to who has produced what and who you know the person. I love the personnel section on the Wikipedia page for the album. I oh, like yeah. to know who played on who played the bass on the record and the, you know that kind of stuff. And when you look at the track listing for almost, I would say all records, there is a Japanese bonus track. There's always a Japanese bonus track, and I was like, "What? Wh- why? Why does Japan always get the bonus track? I don't understand. So these labels are just telling these artists you have to write another song because Japan needs another song. <laughs> I, it did. It didn't make any sense to me. And I mean, it's really like you could go on almost any record. Yeah, you always get the import so you can get that one extra song. So the the reason why it exists is because in Japan. Um, it's cheaper to buy the uh, the CDs that are manufactured um, there. I'm, now I'm forgetting how it works, but it's it's more incentive for them to buy the U.S. version, I think, because if they they put the extra song on it, because it's it's that much cheaper for them to buy those CDs. So they they buy the one with the you know the American companies will add the extra track as incentive for them to buy it because otherwise they just they won't buy the, the the Western edition. There's a huge bureaucracy uh, with importing and exporting in, in, in Japan. They're really protective over their markets here. 
And that really raises the prices. Like, for example, on movies, um, Japan is often the last place where, where Hollywood movies will get played, sometimes a year later, because there's a huge wow. way for people to, the translators and the lawyers and the contracts get involved. So oh it, it, it really increases the price of doing things like that, especially within the right. entertainment industry. So by providing the Japanese customer base with that extra track, it kind of gets the ball over the fence of the um, the bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be some... I just thought that was so strange. Like, no other country gets the bonus track. It's only, it's only Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the reason. Um, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. All right, Joey, we're going to finish up here. Where can people... Unless Tommy wanted to ask something else. Uh, no, I've really actually just been listening and enjoying this uh your recommendations um i'm gonna check out twitch actually right after this yeah man yeah get on there it's uh the music the music section is growing it's it's getting there joey where can people find you uh you can follow me on instagram at poey joppa p-o-e-y-j-a-p-a and uh i'm on i'm on all the other socials too so find me but i'm mostly on instagram um, and I play in a band called Electric Sensei. Funny enough, we have a Japanese word right in the title. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my main group that I play with. And uh, yeah, Instagram is the best way. Stay in touch. All right, Joey, thanks for coming on the show. Donate to the Japan What Podcast by going to paypal.me forward slash Japan WUT. All right, and we're back. I uh, really like Joey. I like how positive he was. Me too. Joey's a good dude. And uh, interesting insight out. into yeah. how the music uh, scene works in, uh, in New Jersey and New York compared to Tokyo. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to check out Electric Sensei too. What, curious what kind of music he puts out. Um, yeah, it's like a DJ with a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I am with the- Electric Sensei. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Joey Papa. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move, let's move into um, the, uh, yeah. some news here. Uh, okay. Living in Japan, we always have uh, great titles, right? Yeah, of course. And this title is uh, for the, um, the government distributed masks that we're going to be getting for the coronavirus. Right, yeah. Each household will receive two washable masks. It'll cost about $430 million. Reactions so far have been mixed. I am glad to have gotten them. Nobody knows when supplies will return to normal. We are a family of three. How do we share two masks? That's from the NHK News. And these are called Abeno masks. <laughs> Abeno masks. Yeah, I'm gonna, I just finished wearing my mask, son. I'm going to wash it and then you can wear it. <laughs> now you can go out. <laughs> Abenomics. Yeah, okay. I got it. Yeah, uh, two per household, not per person. Yeah. That's going to cost 400, uh, so how many million? Something like three. Uh, I can play. Was it 400 yeah. something? I think. Yeah. In any case, um, each household, $430 million. $430 million. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, I hope 
did they say how off how many washes it can go through before they're not usable anymore? Oh, that that's too sensitive of information. <laughs> that's 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 the Abeno mask secrets. Yeah. Oh, well. Is that going to be the title? The, sec- the uh, secrets of the she- Abeno mask. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I think we should go with that. Okay. Well, some places get uh, money and some of us get masks that we have to share among three people. So. The um, SoftBank CEO, uh, Masayoshi yeah. Son, uh, never met him when I was there, but he's also working with a, an electric car company to bring 300 million masks for free across Japan per month. For free? Wow. Yeah. Okay. But people are some people are worried that due to the huge amount of faulty uh, PPE being shipped out of China that uh, yeah, right. if, if all yeah. of his masks are not very good, it's going to damage the reputation of the company. So hopefully the masks come through uh, crystal clear. Crystal clean? Crisp and clean. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, if he's it, This is free for all, what, SoftBank employees or? For the whole country. Oh, for the country. Wow. Okay. It's a uh, charitable act. Yeah. Basically, um, SoftBank posted a thirteen billion dollar loss for the yeah, yeah. for the whole year, and it's the first time in fifteen years where the company lost a whole pile of cash. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think he's trying to distract himself from 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 the, the his uh, history of investments over the past few years. Um. Well, it gets the profile out there. So I guess I. I mean, I just I'll just take it at face value and say, hey, he's trying to provide for the country. Good on him. Um, the Japanese government is also thinking about providing all citizens, all residents, including us gaijins, mm-hmm. Jumayan. Yeah. yeah um, I'm wondering what hoops we're going to have to jump through to get it, but it was already dropped down from, what is it, uh, 300,000 to uh, 100,000. Which uh, a few of my friends were actually that are out of work were a little bit uh, distraught about that. Yeah. So I have a. This is where we get weird. Um, yeah. So I realized something. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to play a clip. Sure. Let's hear Japanese it. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe plans to rewrite a supplementary budget plan to swiftly implement a proposed cash handout of 100,000 yen per person. Officials said Thursday. Okay, so that was yeah. from Google. Yeah, yeah. I took the news article and I pasted mm-hmm. it into Google and I hit the play button. Yeah. Now we're mm-hmm. going to yeah. play a game. Okay. Is it or is it? All right. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, and hold on a second. So is it racist? Oh, is Not racist. So I realized that if I put the English yeah. into Google and push play, okay, it would read English. Yeah, yeah. But when I put the English into Google and switch to Japanese, yes, the English changes to Japanese pronunciation. Okay. So oh, interesting. I have for us. Yes. Three English accents. Okay. And we're going to play, is it is Google being racist or is Google being not <laughs> racist? Okay. 
Japanese post cash handout of 100,000 yen per person, officials said Thursday. So that just sounds like computer reading, all right? Right, yeah. Okay, I, I want you to guess this next accent. Okay. Mr. Shinzo Abe plans to rewrite a supplementary budget plan to swiftly implement a proposed cash handout. <laughs> Is that racist or not racist? It depends who did the voice. Google. It's just a computer reading the English. Yeah, but I mean, there was a, a, uh, there was a narrator hired for, no, that's for the this. computer. Right, but wasn't, I mean, who was the basis for that voice that was provided by Google? You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I, okay. it's, it's AI. Okay, it's all right. It's opposite. All right, so who created the AI software for this? Uh, a disparate um, <laughs> group of people, shadowy Googlers. Okay, was there any Japanese people in that group? This is very important. I don't know. Okay, then. We will, we can't say if it's racist or not then. So that was obviously for you a Japanese-English accent? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't guess the English. <laughs> okay, but you, you, you implied it with what you were saying. Okay, yes. Now we're going to switch to a different English accent. Uh, okay. Here we go. Plans to rewrite a supplementary budget plan to swiftly implement a proposed cash handout of So was that was that right? What, what what language was that? What was the speaker originally? Oh dear. Um hmm. Russian. Oh wow, okay. No. I I don't think I could have gotten that one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's try I don't try know, it. does that make me less or more racist? I don't know. That's up, I don't know, exactly. <laughs> we don't know what we're dealing with here. So we're going to play one more one, and I want you okay. to try to guess the origin of the accent. Okay. German? Welsh. Welsh, okay. Oh, interesting. So, normally, nobody understands Welsh anyways. And Just, with Google, it's the same. There, there's no way, if, if a Welsh person was talking to me, I wouldn't guess that they were Welsh. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Now, we're going to go from racist or not racist to a okay. new segment. Weird Corner. We're taking a turn. Okay. Do you remember the show Futurama? Yeah, I didn't. I, I know of it. I didn't watch it. Okay, this is a clip from when the cast and crew of Futurama okay. get captured by an alien on a planet that's recreating old Star Trek episodes of the original series. Okay. So they are with Leonard Nimoy, who's in a mm. head box, and they okay, get trapped great. on this planet, and there are... Uh, recreations of the original Star Trek there. And do you remember Scotty? Sure. Well, he's being replaced. And let's begin. Okay. So many cardboard sets. So many memories. If only the others... I guess that's my cue. Bill! Hey, this is wonderful. Oh, man. I feel like hugging you. Well, I would, except you have no body. <laughs> and we're both men. Michelle, George, Walter, DeForest, Welshie. Welshie? 
We did some musical reunion specials in the 2200s, but the guy who played Scotty had trouble yodeling. Ever since then, well, she has been a welcome participant in our escapades. Aye, do I want a mad one whirl? I can't believe it. How'd you all end up here? We were on our way to Welshie's cousin's house to stay in the guest room when our ship was pulled down to this planet and crashed, just like yours. But who's doing all this for you? You know, we never thought about it. We're famous celebrities. We're used to this sort of treatment. It is time! Whoa, what a cheesy effect. I'm not an effect! You doubt my power? I do. All right. So in that clip, we could yes. hear um, some Welsh, right? Okay, yeah. Now, I'm going to play that segment. Yes, yeah. Could you understand that? No, not at all. <laughs> so I'm going to play okay. Welshy from Futurama yes. with the Google Welsh accent. And I want you to tell me how much you can understand, and which one is racist. Okay. Remember minis skins or armor plans to... We want a mad one whirl. We've to implement a proposed cast handoid to... Mad one whirl. Per person. Official side third star. Hey, do we want a mad one whirl? So, what do you think? Uh, they're both racist. I agree. <laughs> this is well. The voice modulator. I, I mean, it's kind of a cliched joke, but um, what is it? Uh, now I can't think of the guy's name. Um, the the famous uh, mathematician astronomer that uh, Stephen Hawking. Oh, that's yes. what it sounds like. It, like it sounds like if Stephen Hawking was Welsh. Good point. Maybe Stephen yeah, Hawking's like, was Welsh. I didn't yeah, think okay. of that. <laughs> Not the direction I was going in, but I was like, that modulation sound kind of throws everything out of whack. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, that's that's the corner. Did I ruin this bit? I'm sorry. Weird corner. That That took a lot of effort to produce, and I don't know why I did it. Why not? It's all right. It's uh, we sh- we're always looking to add to the show, add content. I think give it a little time, and we'll try it again. Why and I'll try not to ruin Google it. Google, yes, make Japanese English accents available. <laughs> That's just weird. Does it make it easier to understand for some people that you know exclusively? Are exposed to only one accent. Who would who would want this service? Like, who, why make it? Is it um, an accident? Did I hack Google? Yeah. <laughs> uh, an accent didn't. No, uh, <laughs> accent that was. A, I'm sorry. That was. Uh, that was a horrible joke. Excuse me. Forgive me, Japan. What listeners? No, I. Um, nothing comes to mind. But but I mean. I guess, I mean, you could use that service if you're trying to copy that accent. Some other countries have been giving out money. Okay. <laughs> and my brother took yes. his Canadian money. Yes. And bought a barbecue. 
<laughs> what are you going to do with your Abbe money? Abbe no money. Oh, um, should I make it interesting for the bit? Or <laughs> I don't know, man. I we're I, I, I got to buy an extra mask because there's only there's three of us, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it only cost you four hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'll definitely pick up a copy of Heart of Chiba so I can help support Life House Anka. There you uh, go. Yeah, use the money for support. Um, outside of that. Yeah, I um I am not sure how long this is going to go, so I will I'm just going to put in the savings cuz lord knows uh my salary's going to be my paycheck for this month's going to be pretty low and uh probably for next month as well. Yeah, it's too crazy. Yeah. 60% of uh is is not not doable. Not oh. for a long time. All yeah. right, well, let's let's get out of this segment. I'm I'm okay. I'm tired of it. It's okay. it was too weird. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah. No, well, how do you handle something like that? You know, it's, it's so esoteric and bizarre. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I can't usually come up with answers for something like, "Is this, is this Google accent racist or not?" I'm just like, ah. Uh, um, and then uh, combine it with Futurama clips from yeah. obscure ones from 20 years ago. Um, all right, I just sent you a message for the SGOTW. You want to do it? Yeah, that's. I'll take care of that. Do we want to play our? Never mind what I just said. Okay. Tokyo Metropolitan Police have arrested a male Korean national who is suspected of coming to Japan to carry out burglaries, reports TV Asahi, and this is April 15th. In January, uh, Lee Hodoku uh, allegedly trespassed into the residence and stole about 7.7 million yen in cash and jewels, including a ring valued at around 600,000 yen. Upon his arrest, uh, Lee denied the allegations. I know nothing about the matter. The suspect was quoted by police. All right. The arrest is at least the suspect. Second, in January, police arrested Lee as he attempted to leave Japan via Narita International Airport. In that case, he was alleged to have attempted to burglarize another residence. People suspect that Lee repeatedly entered Japan to carry out similar crimes in which the value of lost property totals at least 15 million yen. $150,000. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, is he, hmm. well, if he's been getting away with it for this long, uh, again, he's not the stupidest guy gene I've met. Uh, but then uh, he was caught. Yeah. I I mean, he specifically came here to commit acts of uh, crime. Well, yeah, he probably shouldn't have written that down on his um, his, his disembarkation card. <laughs> Crime. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? Oh, I'm here to burglarize? Yeah. What? Where are you going? Yeah. Hopefully your mom's house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- kind of surprised that he was – that they hadn't caught him and – uh, I guess he was alleged to attempt to burglarize another. Yeah, I guess he's a good burglar and just didn't quite cross every T and dot every I since he got caught as he was trying to leave. Yeah, this maybe people should have cameras. You know, we might be moving yeah. into a type of society where 
You well, have a camera attached to a Wi-Fi, and if you have good security, it sends a message to your phone, and you could see the guy committing the crime and record the video and send it to the police station, and they could go there immediately, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting that, like, for example, in the States, you have to worry about Americans doing this. In Japan, you have to worry about people coming from other countries to do it because yeah, I guess it says something about Japan, but it, I guess the difference between the countries and maybe that trust factor is so is such a discrepancy that it's actually worth it for someone to come from another country to start robbing. Yeah, that guy might have even come here just as a tourist and been like, whoa, People yeah. here have really nice stuff, and security is actually pretty high, but people themselves yeah. are too trusting of each other. Nobody locks their doors, you know. Yeah, you can abuse the trust. Sure, yeah. Um, That's why he's a stupid gaijin of the week. <laughs> he abused the trust that we so value. Yes. How dare he? Yes. You stupid gaijin. <laughs> exactly. My goodness, yeah. Well, um, I'm hoping that, and but I know it's not true. I'm hoping this is a unique case, but I get the feeling this probably happens a lot. Yep. So be careful. All right. Yeah. Anything? Lock else? your doors, everyone. Lock your doors and buy music. Yeah. Lock your doors, buy music. I think that's a good message to end with. Mm, that could be the title as well. Uh, yeah. Tom, I think anything else for today? I'm about done. <sighs> Yeah, I'm ready to tap out myself. Uh, let me just say again, Heart of Chiba, uh, support Livehouse Anga, and that is Send City Records. Go on to Bandcamp, sendcity.bandcamp.com. All right. Thank you very much. Remember to like and subscribe and go to the website, matthewpmbigelow.com, to get all of your Japan What needs. We're also streaming on most platforms, and I'll be putting up the uh, Tokyo Artificial Intelligence podcast up onto other streaming platforms soon as well. You can check that out and uh, get involved. It's it's not too uh, theoretical. It's AI in your hands. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, keep listening and stay safe. wear my mask and wash my hands after going home. Stick it up.